Welcome to the Hope Brooklyn Weekly Sermon Podcast. Hope Brooklyn is a community of faith in Brooklyn, New York that believes wherever you are on your spiritual journey, there's room at the table. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy this week's sermon. Go ahead and grab a seat. And if there are kids in the room right now, you are missing Jesus' birthday party, so feel free to go ahead and head on upstairs. Welcome to Christmas with Hope Brooklyn and to our theme this year of There's Room. I grew up experiencing Christmas quite fondly. Pageants, families, reading stories on Christmas Eve, sound nights of sleep, driving to the grandparents in the morning. There was joy, there was anticipation about my Christmas. There was an expectation that God was entering the world and it was a cause for great celebration. And the story makes room for that. My experience is in the Christmas story when we read about the shepherds who say, let us go and see this great sight. There is a joy that is palpable. But I've gotten older and I've learned that not everyone's Christmas is characterized by joy and expectation. Some actually dread it as it draws near. Like one friend of mine, who grew up in poverty, and his family loves putting a Christmas tree up every year. But for him, every time it goes up, it triggers him. And the trauma of what he did not have growing up, he is reminded of. The story makes room for that. When you learn of a child born away from home on the run. Or like my aunt and uncle, who lost their own son to a tragic and untimely death. One year, the family was gathering for Christmas and they texted all of us and they said, we're so sorry, but we just can't come. It would bring up too many painful memories. The story makes room for that. When Herod, drunk in his power, wipes out children two years and younger, and Matthew says this fulfills the prophecy of Jeremiah, a voice is heard in Ramah wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children, She refuses to be consoled because they are no more. The story makes room for those who feel the pain of memory. See, what astonishes me about Christmas and what astonishes me about this story and this God is that we find he's such a masterful author. He's so perfect in his ways that he has crafted a story that no matter where you are in your life today, you'll find you've already been written into it. You're here, eager, excited, sorrowful, bitter, apathetic friends, it's all here. God's already made room for you, whatever you may feel about him. And the perfect irony of ironies in the story itself, we're told that Jesus was born in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. When we make no room for God in our lives, we find he's already made room for us. So lift up your eyes today. Look around. You're not alone. God has come for you. God has come as one of you to see you exactly as you are. Not the mask you feel like you need to wear, but whatever you feel about God and about Christmas, you're going to find that there's room for you in this story. Today's going to be a little different as a service. It's a gift. 
a gift from God to you and a gift from us to you. So we're going to invite you as we continue on in the service. Just remain seated. We're going to put the lyrics of songs on the screen. We're going to put scripture verses. And we'd love for you to, you can sing along if you want. If you just want to meditate on the lyrics, you can. But today we want you to just receive. There's room for you. There's room, Hope Brooklyn. Let's join in. So let's situate the story in its historical context so we can really walk back 2,000 years and understand what it was actually like when Jesus was born. Some men have power and most do not. I guess it wasn't that hard. And those with power exert violent control over others who cannot withstand them, and especially women and children. I love that Rome decided to just keep the title Caesar for the rest of them, because what we know about Caesars is that they're all the same. Caesars, Herods, those who imagine that their job in power is simply to stay in power, all the same across space and time. One theologian wrote that politics is nothing more than a question of sacrifice. That is to say, what are we willing to sacrifice to bring about a new world? What are we willing to give up to bring about some vision of something different? And we learn from the story that the Herods of the world, they will sacrifice children two years and younger to retain their vision of a world where they stay in power. And the Caesars, they will sacrifice the well-being of their constituency, forcing pregnant women to, to travel thousands of miles in order to exact just a few more taxes from already desperately poor people. And our own Herods, our own Caesars, we will sacrifice the resources of our earth, populations, communities, in the name of a bottom line or a status quo or our own form of wealth which we will refuse to sacrifice for others. And before we imagine that we are absolved in all this, we recognize that there's a bit of Herod and Caesar inside all of us. When we consider the things that we are willing to sacrifice for our own convenience or our power or our safety, our Earth's resources being stripped bare, soil pillaged, animals mistreated, forests decimated for the sake of expanding appetites and technologies. Our nation's unity sacrificed many times over through media rhetoric that we don't examine, simplistic narratives we accept as normal because we refuse to sacrifice our comfort or our beliefs to actually get to know people who don't live like us or think like us. Our city's willingness to sacrifice the well-being of its people with an incessant rise and grind culture in the name of some illusion that economic productivity will save the world or save us. Our own hearts willing to sacrifice relationships, dreams, ourselves even, because we're afraid of conflict or taking a risk, speaking up, loving people, loving God. Politics are all about what we're willing to sacrifice. And the Herods and the Caesars in the world that live a little inside all of us, we realize we're willing to sacrifice others to save ourselves. But lest we forget, 
God too is establishing his kingdom. God too is a political God. He will sacrifice things to create a better world. God will sacrifice his son, the intimacy of the Trinity, born into this painful, confusing, violent world, born in abject powerlessness, born so as to bring about his vision of a new heaven and earth. God will not sacrifice others to save himself. Rather, he will sacrifice himself to save us all. And all of Israel, all of us who have a little Herod and Caesar inside, we groan in longing to be done with this violent, selfish place. We groan in longing for the good and just king's arrival. For those who are groaning today, there's room for you. Let's move from the cosmic to the intimate. Because this is a story about love. About a couple and the perceptions and the rumors that are swirling about them. It's the only place in the Bible we see Joseph, the man who raised Jesus. It's the only information we know of him. And what do we know? We know he was a righteous man. His fiance was found to be with child, but it wasn't his. And rather than subject her to public disgrace, which he could have, rather than subject her to death for humiliating him, betraying him, which he had that right, he decides to quietly break things off so that she can go and be with her lover, he presumes. He's a good man, Joseph. Not perfect, but good. See, there are a few Herods and Caesars in the world, but there are thousands of Josephs. Those who are overlooked, unknown, faithful, perseverant, righteous Josephs. The Herods and the Caesars of the world, they receive a lot of press. The Josephs of the world, they get a few verses in history's annals before they shuffle off. They're overlooked because they don't draw attention to themselves. Rather than cause a media circus and seek vindication, Joseph quietly lets the woman he loves go because he loves her and he is good. Those here who feel a little overlooked in your world, there's room for you. Unseen, toiling night and day in the shadows, trying to do the best you can, trying to be as good as you can, treat people with kindness, respect, generosity, receiving no or little applause, no press release, no awards, maybe a couple of verses, you're in the story. God sees you, and, and not as an afterthought. No, he sees you as a vital role in his story. You, dear Josephs, you get to raise his son. My friends, the quiet lives we live outside the spotlight are creating indescribable impact in our worlds, in the hearts of those who you love and those who love you. There's room, don't quit. And then there's Mary. If Joseph is overlooked, Mary's looked at a bit too hard. Pregnant before marriage, the scarlet letter to the mother of God. Joseph claims her as his own to save her life in a society that is still far too unkind and ruthless toward women. 
refusing to listen and believe the stories they tell us? Why does God place his beloved daughter, Mary, the mother of Jesus, in such danger? Perhaps it is to mirror the reality of our world, that women have literally saved our world time and time and time again, even though they have always possessed the least amount of power and been the most looked at, the most abused, the most policed. Mary is simply mirroring our world's reality. Mary, pregnant, judged, unlistened to, and disbelieved teenage girl, tracking thousands of miles, caught up in a story she didn't even choose for herself, but simply said yes to a God who promised he loved her more than the world would ever misunderstand her. Promised that one day the world would see how Mary's body has saved it, even as it is her body that has been judged, stared at, and abused. Mary has given the world herself, though we have not deserved it, because she loves and says yes to God. For those who feel a little stared at, a little looked at too hard, have little power but attract the harshest judgment, those thinking you didn't sign up for this life, how did you get here? Tracking thousands of miles away from yourself, you're in the story too. There's room for you here. God has chosen you for something far better than you could choose for yourself. For we cannot talk about Jesus saving the world without talking about the Marys of the world who played a part in our salvation. And then if we consider Mary and Joseph together, they're terrified. They're alone. How could they not be? Their only grip on sanity are visitations and dreams from angels. Good luck telling their friends this story. Christmas is for those barely holding on to hope, barely holding on to the promises God has made you. Even when it seems like God has told no one else those promises, just you, everyone else judges you, calls you crazy, you're still holding on. There's room for you in this story. For those terrified of what is to come and the quiets of their minds, breathing, trying to believe the promises of God, your story is here. Don't stop walking. Don't stop trusting. The journey is long, but don't stop. I can remember the first Christmas after the glass shattered. I recall trying so hard to make the Christmas season feel the same again. I tried to maintain the same rituals, putting up my tree soon after Thanksgiving while listening to Mariah Carey's Christmas album, selecting a color scheme for my ornaments and ribbons, and basking in the warm glow of the finished product. But nothing felt the same. There was no childlike joy as I scanned the trees that were neatly propped in size order on the corner near my house. There were no warm and fuzzies as I plugged in its lights. The scent of balsam in my living room didn't make me inhale deeply. There was something missing that I wouldn't name. That the shattered glass could extract every whisper of joy from a season overflowing with it seemed selfish. I watched as my tree grew brittle each day. It felt like the water I put in its stand evaporated instantly. 
needles covered the little folding table the tree stood on and the floor below it like really sad confetti. I stopped turning on the lights. I never put on the ornaments and ribbons and I would only stand in my cold living room for a few moments at a time. I eventually stopped visiting the refuse that had once been a symbol of joy altogether. Until one day I sat on the couch closest to my barren tree and cried. I asked God why life hurt sometimes and whether the pain of the shattered glass was something he could even overcome. In the silence, I felt defeated and wholly unable to move past my present state. I sat still in what I have now come to recognize as the presence of God. My tears slowed and peace overcame me as I heard the faint sound of a passerby's baby crying outside my window. It reminded me that hopelessness is not absent in this season, but was the exact condition in which the Savior chose to enter our world. That in the sting of discontentedness and sorrow is the greatest comfort we will ever know when we couple it with faith in the Redeemer. I imagined it was the same faith that was required of Mary and Joseph, which seemed daunting, but soon learned that in my world of shattered glass, it was as simple as sweeping up the tree needles that shed to the floor each day, watering my imperfect tree when I remembered to, and continuing to believe that in Jesus, one day, all will be made whole. so overlooked, so passed by, so lonely and afraid like the shepherds. In that region, we're told, they were living. Not in the city, not where the action is happening. They, they've been pushed to the outskirts of town, displaced beyond the view of the city. And though they have each other, the loneliness is unbearable. Often they would spend days in the company of their sheep, perhaps imagining the the cafes and the restaurants where the happy couples and the loving families and the successful people sit laughing and joking. And these lonely shepherds are wondering, when, when will it be my turn to sit in the warm cafes, to listen to the music and to laugh and joke and be with people who love me? To those who feel lonely and forgotten, who feel they get no news, no one tells them anything first, I'm here to tell you there's room for you. Because to you, God has sent his angel, his messenger. God has come to deliver the insane news to you first. And this message is one of inexpressible joy. This is a joy that cannot be contained by a single voice, a single messenger. It requires many voices to capture the all-encompassing breadth, depth, height, and length of this joy. So enter the heavenly host, otherwise known as the cherubim. Cherubim is a, is a Hebrew word. It's a compound word. One part you may recognize, it's the, the cherub, as in our little cherubs, used to speak of children. This is why art throughout the centuries has used children to depict God's heavenly host. There's something about children who are able to muster up, to capture and express 
the sheer fullness, the potency of joy that we weary, lonely, forgotten adults beaten down by many years, we just can't find it anymore. We adults, we have a fatigued joy. It's a tired joy. But children, their joy is unrestrained. Their joy is untainted, undefiled. It's the highest concentrated joy on the market. It takes children, cherubim, to sufficiently proclaim just how amazing this news is. Do not be afraid. Stop fearing. I bring you great news of exceeding joy that will be for all the people, all the people, to the children and the children at heart today, or to you weary adults who wish you could capture again the joy of childhood, excited to go to bed on Christmas Eve and see what new promises might be waiting for you the next morning. There's room for you in the story. Come join into the joy. Agnete de entoe nail tutake. A place de san hai hamare tutake no te. Kayatekan tan huian altes. Tan prototaka. Kayaspire gonosin altan. Kayaklenen altan in fiate. Diate uk en altus tapas. Into katalumati. It's an astonishing claim. So far as I can tell, there's nothing like it anywhere else. The source behind all existence, the one who said, you all emerged from me. Call me your father, call me the author of the cosmos. The one behind it all enters into his own story, enters into space, and time writes himself as a character into our world. And the character by which he chooses to come is first and foremost not that of a wise philosopher, not that of a powerful king, not that of a conquering warrior. No, the character that God chooses to come, his first impression, his first introduction to us is that of a baby. Pure dependence. No strength, no willpower, no ability to remain alive unless you, the community, feed and protect him. Can you hear it? Can you hear the shrill cries of Jesus, the newborn child? Cries of pain? cries of grief, cries of surprise, cries of love. God is placing himself into your hands. This is your child. Will you take care of him? Will you, will you love him, adore him, delight in him? This is a story where all God cares about getting across to you today is that he is with you because he loves you and he loves to be with you as you are.
in your weakness, in your fear, in your vulnerability, God has joined you there. Who knows weakness like a newborn child? Who knows fear like the one who just emerged out of the womb into a brand new world, a lot colder and louder than where they just came from? Who knows tenderness and vulnerability like the soft purple flesh of this new child? Friends, God has come to you in absolute weakness, in absolute dependence on this world he loves so much. It's astonishing, it takes my breath away. Come, come today and take this new child into your arms. Come hold the hope of the world, the author of the cosmos, receive him, take him, take God into your arms, let him cry, but hold him tight, do not let him go. God comes as one of us, just like us. And the reason is simple, because after you see him, after you hold him, you know that God has come to you as you are. And what else do babies do but elicit tremendous joy? His question to you today is now that he has come to you as you are, will you come to him as you are? Will you come with your weakness? Will you come with your fear? Will you come with your cries for how lonely and overlooked and forgotten and painful it all is? Will you let God take you up into his arms for he promises he won't let go? To those who need to remember today that God has never stopped holding you, there's room. My friends, God was born in a barn because we made no room for him in the end. And the wonder of wonders is even when we've made no room for God, we discover he's already made room for us. Even when we have tried to keep him out, God still came. He found a small sliver of space and in this beautiful story and this absolutely astonishing chapter we see God open up that space to the maximum amount possible and made room for all of us in this child given to us today we see the hope of the entire world so as we get ready to sing one final song and conclude our service, we ask you as you're receiving your light, as the light of the world has entered into this dark place and now we carry the light with us, would you stand with us and gather around the manger together and proclaim that the darkness does not get the final say. There's room today. Friends, thank you so much for being with us today. If you're new and you're handed a Connect card, there will be some welcome team members at the door. We'd love for you to fill that out, drop it off. Someone from our team will get in touch with you, probably after the holiday season.
Just a reminder that we are having no service next Sunday, the 29th. We're taking it off. We'll be back here on January 5th for a special Vision Sunday as we're casting vision for what God is inviting Hope Brooklyn into in 2020. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I encourage you to be here. And last but not least, we eat together because that's what you celebrate. We have a catered brunch upstairs, so we would welcome everyone up to the cafeteria and let's continue the joy because guys, there's room. There's room today. Merry Christmas. To find out more about the mission of Hope Brooklyn, details about Sunday gatherings, brunch, how to financially contribute, and a whole lot more, check us out online at www.hopebrooklyn.org. Thanks to Liz Vice at lizvice.com for the music and to you for tuning in. See you next week.